Good morning. What a day that will be. This morning we'll be talking about death. The scripture says for believers that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. In Psalms it says that yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that shoreline that we all must pass, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We're pilgrims in this world. This world is not our home. Each and every one of us will have to face death at one day. But those who are in Christ, what a glorious day that will be. Question 41 this morning is, what benefits do believers receive from Christ at death? Our answer is the souls of believers are at death made perfect in holiness and do immediately pass into glory and their bodies being still united to Christ do rest in their graves to the resurrection. This morning we'll be speaking about being made perfect in holiness and passing into glory. We'll do two parts on this. We've been looking at the benefits of those who are effectually called. Question 40, we went through a lot of things. Benefits not only in this life, which question 40 was about, but at death and eternity. Let's pray and ask God's help before we go. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you. We thank you for this catechism that you've given us, dear Lord, all these wonderful truths that you've revealed to us through men of many years ago, Lord, that you've given knowledge and wisdom to. We pray that you would open our eyes and our understanding, dear Lord, above all, dear God, to where we'd have our sights set upon heaven and not upon this world, for this world is fleeting. Give us grace this morning, Lord. Bless us with your presence. In Christ's name we do pray and ask it. Amen. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. I love the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews has so much truth of the substance of Christ, the types and shadows in the Old Testament, and the substance of Christ, of what they really meant. In chapter 12, verse 23, it says, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and notice here, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. When we leave this world, our bodies do not follow us. Our bodies are still here in the grave until that great day, the resurrection of the just and the unjust. Our spirits are in heaven. You read a scripture in Revelation that says the souls of them under the altar. Speaking of how long, O Lord, until you revenge what the wicked of this world has done to us. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says here, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Paul was looking forward to something, to apprehend something, to grab hold of something to grab hold of Christ, to grab hold of that hope of the future. 
If you would turn to Philippians chapter 1. We'll go through a few verses this morning. Philippians chapter 1. And we'll see here Paul's desire to depart. Verse 22. And we'll look at verses 22 through 25. And he states here, he said, But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I would not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. That should be the statement of all of our hearts, to depart and be with Christ, because that is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. We will not leave this world until Christ is ready for us to come home. That day has been determined for each and every one of us. 2 Corinthians 5, if you'll turn there. Second Corinthians 5, verses 4 to 8, and we'll see here how Paul, speaking to the Corinthians, basically saying the same thing to the Philippian church that he desires. Here he uses the term to be clothed upon. Verse 4, For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the self thing, I'm sorry, self same thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We have the Spirit of the living God living within us, that earnest down payment that he gave us. But we will not be fully saved and fully holy until we see him, until we make that shoreline. Verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul telling Timothy here, he said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul's desire was to be in heaven with his Lord. Not to gain notoriety on this earth, not to build an empire, not to build a kingdom for himself. He wanted to preach the truth of Christ, what Christ did on the cross for sinners, and to depart and to be with him in eternity. Paul was looking forward to something greater than what this world has to offer. 
If you would turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. A very, very popular chapter in the Bible about eschatology and times. Last things. And I'd like you to see something here in verses 35 through 44. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. Death has to happen. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another fishes and of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is a glory of the sun, and the glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star different from another star in glory. And he's given a point right here. He says, so is. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. And here in verse 44, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. This natural body will not see heaven. It said the scripture plainly teaches that flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus said this in John chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Death must happen. This incorruptible body must be sown into the ground. It must return to the earth from where it came. 1 Corinthians 15, while we're there, let's look at verses 54 through 57. And Paul says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought the pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that sin had entered into the world by one man and death by sin. Jesus Christ coming in the likeness of sinful flesh destroyed it. Paul's quoting Hosea chapter 13 right here. Verse 14 where he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And the apostle Paul is giving his interpretation of what Hosea 13, 14 actually says. 
Listen to this. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. I will be thy plagues, O grave. I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from my eyes. Another translation says compassion will be hid from my eyes. Christ is talking about he has declared war on the grave for his saints. And he will not repent of it. He will not have compassion against death. He will not have compassion against the grave. He will save his people from their sins. And they will live in eternity forever with him. Romans 8, if you turn there. I got excited when I read that yesterday. Hosea 13, 14, that was good. When he said, I will not repent of that. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, we all know this very well. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. We're free. No one who puts their hopes in Christ will ever be shamed. Verse 35 in the same chapter. Paul says here, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, or nakedness or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither, notice right here, death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor depth, nor height, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Hebrews 9, let's look here. Get verse 27. And as it is it appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. There's a shoreline that we must all cross. Death will come upon all of us. And that day has Christ paid for your sins? Have you believed upon the only name of the Son of God? Have you looked to Christ? Have you seen the man hanging on the cross, 
has God given you revelation and understanding that it was your sins that he bore upon that cross? Many of us have had to lay loved ones in the grave. One of our dear brothers this week, his brother Terrell, passed away, and he knew Christ. Those of us who are left have to mourn the loss. But what a day it is for that dear brother. He's in glory now. When you come to that day, will it be a glorious day for you? Or will it not? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you have eternal life this morning? Or when you reach that shoreline, will it be eternal condemnation for you? If you're outside of Christ this morning, I implore you, turn to Christ. Turn from your sin, turn to Christ. Reject your sin. Reject the thought that you could merit salvation by your good works. Fall on your face before the Lord Almighty. Ask His forgiveness. Ask Him to give you understanding of His gospel. Amen. Let's dismiss. Father, we thank You this morning, Lord. We thank You that You have prepared a place for us, Lord. You promised us in your word that, that where you are, there we will be also one day. We pray for the rest of this morning, dear Lord, the time with the children, the service here in the next hour, dear Lord. Please speak to us. Please bless us with your presence, Lord. If the spirit of the Lord is not here, it's all in vain, Father. May you be glorified. May your saints be edified this morning. In Christ's name we do pray and ask it. Amen.